Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, good morning. Welcome all of our campuses, all of you watching online, all of us here, the beginning of summer, brand new series. So excited about this series. Let me ask you a question. Um, If I were to ask you or someone were to ask you, hey, what does it mean to be blessed? What does it mean to be blessed of God, the favor of God? You ever looked at somebody's life? You ever driven through Highland Park? You ever (laughs) driven driven through some of Frisco? I mean, it's like, wow, must be nice. You know, I mean, some of those things that that we think about, uh, because when you think of blessed, uh, many of us think of, um, I don't have to worry about money. I think that's one of the main, main th- well, maybe that's me. Maybe you think of something else, but a lot of us think of, if I just had it all, I wouldn't have to worry, right? If I, if I had all of this taken care of, my retirement, uh, my bills, I would never have to have another care or worry about that in my life. Many of us think, oh, man, that would be awesome. That's why we buy lottery tickets, because we think that maybe God will bless us right, with that amount of money. And uh, that would be awesome, right? Because money's not evil, so don't get me wrong, money's not evil. But I, but I think that when we think of blessed, sometimes I think we, we think of the wrong things. We think of the wrong words. I'm gonna describe that in a minute, but today we start a brand new summer series called Psalms of the Summer. And we're gonna look at the Psalms, there, there's 150 of them. And before I dive into this first weekend of the series called, this, this weekend called The Blessed Life, I, I wanna give you a little bit of background on the, the book of Psalms, okay? So Psalms of the Summer, let me give you a little bit of background of the joy, pain, and praise of the book of Psalms. So let me just give you a whole thing. I'm not going to go quick. I'm going to go quickly. 150 Hebrew poems, songs, and prayers. So it's comprised of songs, and many of them were sung in the, the temple for worship. We sing some of the psalms today. Some of them are poems. They don't rhyme for us in the sense of the way we, the way we think of rhyming or poems, but they were Hebrew, and they were poems, or they were prayers, calling out to God. There are different authors of the book of Psalms. David wrote 73 of them. Asaph wrote 12 of them. The sons of Korah wrote 11 of them. Heman and Ethan wrote two of them. Solomon and Moses, Solomon was David's son, and Moses wrote three of them. And then anonymous, there were 49 of, of, of you know, authors. And in fact, the, the first chapter that we're gonna look at today is anonymous. We don't know exactly who wrote it. The book of Psalms is divided into typically five large sections. Book one, or, or when I say section, a book. So the way we look at books today in, in the Bible is not really the way they were written. Does that make sense? I mean, they were not written that way. They were not written with chapters. They were, weren't written with, you know, 150 chapters or 20 chapters or two, they were just letters, 
or poems or songs compiled together in that day. And the book one, which was or is chapters three through 41, is a call to covenant faithfulness. In other words, a call to God's people to be faithful to the covenant they made with God. That's chapters 3 through 31. Book 2, chapters 42 through 72, speaks of the future temple, because the temple was now a tabernacle. It was, per, it was a temporary thing, not a permanent thing. So they were looking forward to building, now that their kingdom was established. Saul was the first king. David was the second king. Solomon the third. So we're in this time period where David, who wrote most of the book of Psalms, they were looking to build a temple. And then they were also pointing in chapter 2, in fact, it starts with this messianic prophecy. It's a future Messiah who's coming. Book 3, chapter 73 through 89, a hope out of exile, as they were exiled to Babylon. And they were asking God not to forget their covenant with David, the, the main author. They were looking to say, God, we're in exile. Please don't forget. Don't, don't, don't just forget us, but don't forget your covenant that you made with David. Chapters four, or book four, sorry, chapters 90 through 106 speak of mercy and justice. And then book five, chapters 107 through 145, God hears and answers. Now that leaves out an introduction and a conclusion, all right? So we have Psalms 1 and 2 as an introduction, and then we have Psalms 146 through 150 as conclusion. And that psalm, the last part of this, is a lot of praise. It's a lot of worship. Two categories of poems for the book of Psalms, lament, and many of us know that in our lives. We have lamented before the Lord, pain, confusion, anger. What I love about Psalms is the honesty by which the authors write. They're not just giving theology. They're not just giving, hey, this is the way it should be. This is the way you should act. But David cries out, why have you forgotten me? Right? So like Jesus on the cross, why, oh my God, my God, why have you forsaken me or forgotten me? There's poems of pain, confusion, and anger. And then there's psalms or poems, songs of praise, joy, and celebration. And many of them were temple worship songs that they used and still to this day in Hebrew worship or Jewish worship, they're used to this very day. Now today, what I'd like to begin with is the first chapter, as we begin this summer series, the first chapter of the book of Psalms. And then I'm going to give you a few thoughts about blessed, what it means to be blessed, and then we're going to look at ways in which we are to be blessed. All right, here we go. Many uh, Psalm, Psalm 1. Oh, the joys of those, or blessed are those. Some translations say, blessed is the man. Blessed are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. 
So, the blessed people, blessed are those, happy are those, joyful are those. The favor of God is upon those. When you think of blessed, I think we got to start there and, and really kind of recalibrate our thinking about what it really means to be blessed. Because many of us, maybe it's health, maybe it's wealth, maybe it's family, maybe it's whatever. We have a lot of thoughts when it comes to what it means to be blessed. Let me give you some words that I think of that the Bible uses when it, seen, when it, when it describes blessings. Peace. You know that money can't buy peace. Joy. Love. Joy. And a joy is not a happy type of thing because we're happy and sad. But in our sadness, there is a biblical perspective or principle of joy that no matter what we walk through, no matter what we encounter, there's joy. So there's a difference between joy and, and a happy occasion. Happy occasions are awesome, but how many know we also have sad occasions? Joy transcends either one. So when we think of blessing, peace, joy, love, grace, freedom, purpose, this is, I think, the, what the Bible describes as blessed is the one who. So when you think of what is the result of my life equaling blessing, I think we need to recalibrate and think of not Highland Park or not my bills are all taken care of and my health is totally 100% uh, not have to worry about it or that my family is perfect or, you know, whatever. But I think that we know that when Paul or Peter or John or whoever the disciples were or apostles were in the first century that, that wrote most of the New Testament, all of them did not have wealth. None of them had a ton of everything that this world has to offer. They sacrificed their lives. When we think of blessing, and you think of, maybe you, you think of somebody that you work with and they are two notches up above you or are they the owner of the company or the CEO of the company and you think of, man, must be nice. I just, I think you need to rethink that. I think we need to rethink that. I think you can look at churches. I mean, pastors do the same thing. It must be nice to have, you know, land donated, right? I, I, that's what I've thought because, because I have friends around the country who say, oh, yeah, we were given 100 acres, man, on the interstate. It's like, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, it must be nice. It must be nice. Or we had a big whatever gift or, you know, it, it, those things are awesome. And, and again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with money. Money does have a part to play in our blessing and God, God's blessing. But <clears throat> these are the things that we need to think of when we think of my life and your life being blessed. This is blessing. Money comes and goes. Health comes and goes. This life is a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. What lasts in our life and what happens in our lives as a result of the things that we choose to do equal the blessings of God. Okay? Now, Psalm 1 gives us 
the formula, and I hate to use that word because I know, you know, I, I don't like it when, when people use that word formula because it's like, oh, you just do this and this is what happens. Well, I'm just telling you this is what the Bible says about blessed is the one, happy or joyful is the one. Psalm chapter one talks about that. And let me read that again. John, can you go back to Psalm one? And let me just read that one more time. Oh, the joys of the blessed are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, stand around with sinners, join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Number one, observation to be blessed. Pursue right relationships. Pursue right relationships. That's Psalm 1-1. That is, don't stand around with sinners. Don't hang around with mockers. But choose wisely who influences your life. I've put this on the screen how many times since I've been the pastor of hope. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Guys, this, isn't not, this is not just for teenagers. This is for all of us. Think about the people that are in your life who have the most influence in our lives. Who is it that has the most influence? And I want you to think about, are, are they pushing you or encouraging you towards the Lord or are they pulling you away from the things of God? Blessed is the one who does not hang out with the wicked or sinners or the mockers, you know, that kind of, that, that, that whole picture of, but blessed are the ones who pursue right relationships, who allow the influence of others to encourage them, to pull them, push them, whatever you want to say, toward the Lord, not away from him. Who in your life is pushing you, encouraging you toward the Lord? This week I had a, the opportunity to be with 15 other, well, 14 other, uh, 13 other guys and one other girl who we rode motorcycles in Colorado, Utah, and Arizona. And it was, I mean, the, the beauty of God's country, or, or God's creation, sorry, in our country is, is just phenomenal. And that's a big reason why I do these trips, but... The bigger reason is because of the connections that you make on these trips. And it's like a mission trip or it's like a youth camp or a retreat or you know, something like that. When you go and you're, you're with each other, you're having lunch together, you're having dinners together, there is something that happens, there's a connection that happens. And, and what I have found over the years, and especially this past week, which was unbelievable, the connection of this group. The friendships that were made or solidified or deepened was just an unbelievable thing. And, and what, I, what, what I mean by this is that when you, when you surround yourself with other believers, now listen, I'm not just saying people who name Jesus, who culturally are Christians. I'm talking about people who actually follow Jesus. That when you surround yourself with them, there's something that happens that you are encouraged in your faith. There's a, there is a, there is a like, hey, I need, to, I need to pursue the things of God more rather than pursue my own agenda. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Many of you know what this second line is. 
You know, you know what I'm saying? You remember high school? You remember college? This was your life. Right? 1 Corinthians 15, 33. I put this on the screen. Bad company corrupts good character. And when you think of bad company, when you think of the people who influence your life, I want you to think of your friends. I want you to think of dating relationships, business associates or partners. I'm not trying to be legalistic here. I'm just telling you that when you engage at a deep level in your dating life or in your business partnerships or in your friendships, there is something that happens that's either going to pull you away from God or encourage you toward him. The Bible is crystal clear. There is no misunderstanding. There is no, there there is, there is no misinterpretation of how the Bible describes the people we allow in our lives. So look for the people who will encourage you in the Lord. Date those. Now listen, I'm, not, I'm, I'm gonna get in your business a little bit, but I am bewildered sometimes. And I know that sometimes it's like, hey, I just gotta get who I can get. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're going to get what you get. And I'm not just talking about teenagers here. I'm talking about you. We get impatient in our dating relationships as, as older people, and we too quickly, too quickly enter into a relationship with somebody who pulls us away from God, who pulls us away from his word, who pulls us away from his will and his purpose rather than toward him. But we justify in ways in which make us feel better because we are, I don't want to use the word desperate, but we are the, we're desperate. (laughs) And we're just like, man, if they breathe, I'm good. (laughs) If they've been in a church in their life, I'm good, right? And I'm not, I'm not, listen, I'm not, I know this is easy for me to say I'm married, but I feel like you wait for the person who's going to encourage you toward the Lord. Not that you have to encourage them and pull them. Does it make sense? Business partnerships. I know I'm meddling here. I don't get it. I don't get it when you, when you, become deep with or get in deep with people who do not encourage you in the Lord, do not believe in the Lord, do not, I just don't get that and that's your deal, you do whatever you want to but I'm telling you what the word says. Blessed are those who do not allow that influence in their lives. Our friends, many, many of us have friends on the weekends that the biggest thing, the biggest thing is how much alcohol can we consume on a Friday night. And there is nothing, it's not a sin to drink alcohol, but I'm telling you, if that's the goal, to see how much you can do in a night and be home safe, guys, let me put on screen like this. Those whom we allow to influence and speak into our lives will determine the quality and direction of our lives. And I got this from a variety of different sources and people. I just put it together like this. But the people that we allow to influence and speak into our lives will determine the quality, the quality, and the direction of our lives. That's just a fact. You know, even if you're not a believer, 
You know this. This is true. All right, so that's the first thing. So many of us would say, yeah, John, I want to be blessed. I want the blessings of God. I want the favor of God. Well, one of the first things that Psalms start, the introduction to this book gives us a formula. Blessed are those who, first of all, pursue right relationships. Second, pursue God's way. Verse 2 of Psalm 1 says it this way, but they delight in the law of the Lord. Now, when they, or whoever wrote this, the law of the Lord was the Pentateuch. It was the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis through Deuteronomy. And that was where the law was established. That was the Mosaic, we call it the Mosaic law, the, the law of Moses. Now, in our day, and this is why I'm using God's way, is because we're not just looking at the law for God's way. We're looking at his whole word. We're just saying, what did Jesus say? How did Jesus represent the Lord, the, the Father? And his, he is the exact representation of, of, of God. So whatever Jesus said, whatever Jesus did is what we want to do. They delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on it day and night. In other words, pursuing right relationships is the key to blessing and pursuing God's way is the key to blessing. Living in, walking in obedience, walking in his word, his law, his way. Psalm 119 verse 11 says it this way, I've hidden your word in my heart so that I would not sin against you. So when we have the word, that, that gives us guidelines. And listen, many of us, we're, we don't like the rules. Many, many of you have personalities that you just, I mean, rules are like, oh man, there's a rule, I'm gonna break it. And you just have that personality, that's okay. That's why Jesus says be born again. Because there's ways in which we can say and surrender those, those ways rather than, rather than just do what I wanna do. Rather than just say, I'm gonna break the rules, I don't care what. I'm just rebellious at heart, that's who I am, that's the way I'm wired, and maybe that is, but you can reverse that, or you can begin that transformation back to a, what can I do to walk in blessing? Because, listen, the rules, even the laws, back in Moses' time, the law of God, don't think of it as restriction. It's not so that God's withholding something from us so that we would not have fun. Those rules, those guidelines are there because he loves us, right? When we tell our kids not to do something, if we're a good parent and if we're solid and, and we're not trying to control them and you know, manipulate them, but if we're a good parent, we just know there are some things because of our experience, because of our wisdom that, that are good. Well, God, in all his experience and wisdom, all his knowledge, which is all-encompassing, he knows what's best for us. And the rules are there, not because he wants to restrict us, not because he wants to make our lives miserable, but they're there so that we can be blessed. They're there so that we can walk in peace and joy and love and purpose and his will. Same chapter, same, uh, chapter verse 105, your, 119, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. See, when you're walking and meditating and you're pursuing God's way, his word guides you. It guides us. It helps us understand 
what is right. Hebrews 4.12 says it this way, For the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes. In other words, it shines a light on the areas of our lives that are wrong. It exposes our animal's thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed. He already knows. So that anything that you think we're, you're hiding, that we think we're hiding from God, it's all exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. So when we think of pursuing God's way, God already knows our weaknesses. God already knows our sin. He already knows what we're doing. He's given us his word to expose those areas, shine that bright light on, hey, that is going to, listen, that's going to cause a lack of peace in your life. This is going to cause a lack of joy in your life. They are going to cause a lack of purpose in your life. That's what his word does. Let me put it on the screen like this. The blessed life is one that embraces God's ways, not ignores them. So when you think of blessing, the right people, the right way. The right people, God's people, God's way. Now, how many know, how many are good in math? Anybody good in math? How many really good in math? I'm not raising my hand. Not good in math. Did not like math. It's my least favorite. I know no math teachers. Hey, thank God for you. You're awesome. Algebra teachers, geometry, physics, no need for you. No need. How many would agree with that? Now, we love you. We're grateful for you. But you're wasting your time. I'm you know I'm kidding. There are some scientists and astronauts that need that. All five of them. So, but I do know this. I know addition. Addition is pretty easy. Let me put it on the screen. One plus two equals three. That's why I'm the lead pastor. I don't think Robert could do this. And I know Eric couldn't. Oh, I'm kidding. And we all know Mike. Poor Mike. Zach. All right, anyway. One plus two equals three. Okay, so let me put it on the screen like this. One, pursue God's relationships plus pursue God's way equals three. Strength, fruitfulness, and blessing. Okay, now, so, so let me go back and read Psalm 1 again. Okay, here we go. The, they, so, so, you know, pursue God's people, pursue the right relationships, not the wrong relationships, meditate on his word, pursue God's way, and you will be like trees planted along the riverbank, strong. I grew up in South Texas, and every year we would go to Garner State Park, that area, Lakey, Texas, Concan, and that's Kerrville. I mean, I, I mean I, that's my second home in my mind. And I love Colorado. Um, but, but, the, but the hill country of Texas is my second home. I smell it. Do you, you know what I'm saying? When I get there, I smell the hill country. And it, it brings me back to 
my childhood. And on the Frio River where we stayed in our campers, there, there were huge, massive trees that we would, that, that, were, that ropes were tied to and that you could swing, you know, and then we'd, you'd fly and, and then land in the river and then you'd go back and do it again. We did that for hours. And those trees were huge and I can, I can see the roots. I can see the huge roots going down into the ground right on the edge of the river. And there's something about those trees that are, they're, they're, because they're right there by the water, they're strong. Their strength. Blessed are the ones who pursue the right relationships, who pursue God's ways because they are strong. They will become strong in this life, bearing fruit. In other words, hey, you're productive. There's purpose in your life. When you pursue God's people, when you pursue God's way, there's strength, there's fruitfulness, there is blessing. Prosper in all they do. That's the formula. And I know that sounds easy, but it's not. Because see, you and I have to decide, are we going to hang around with sinners, stand around with mockers or sit with mockers or whatever? Are we gonna do that or are we going to choose the right people to influence our lives, to push us towards the things of God, the ways of God, so that our lives will be blessed. And don't, again, I'm not saying blessed financially. How many know people in your life that are fully blessed that don't have a lot of money, right? It's not about money. And I know the church and some portions of the church have, have, have told us that, you know, anybody who's following God's ways are going to be wealthy. That is a lie. That is a wrong perception of what it means to be blessed. Not that money's bad. It's good. It's great. Great. If you got it, awesome. Use it well. But it's not, doesn't mean you're blessed. It just means you know how to do things well. There's a lot of people who don't follow God who are wealthy. That's not an indication of blessing. Does that make sense to you? So let me put it on the screen like this. The right friends plus the right way equals blessing. Now, before we end, let's read the whole chapter. That's only the first three verses. Let's read the whole chapter. Again, Psalm 1, verse 1. Oh, the joys, or blessed are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in everything or all they do. This is the last half of the chapter, but not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of, God, of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly. That's the blessing of God. But the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Which will we choose? 
blessing or curse? Destruction. The writer of this poem, song, starts it off masterfully. And he gives us a picture of two ways to live. You can live God's way or you can live your way. It is your choice. What I believe about theology is that from the very beginning, including Lucifer, Satan, God in his creation gives us the ability to choose whether we will love and serve him or not. He gives us, that is a gift because that's true love. I don't make my son, Connor, or my daughter, Macy, Madison, or Cassidy, my daughters, I don't make them love me. I wish I could, especially when they were little. They were mostly mama's boy and girls. One of them was kind of a daddy's girl, and now they're all daddy's girls, which I love. But in the, in the earlier days, right, because mom spent more time with them, I mean, when, when they cried and they got hurt, who do they want? Yeah, never me. Thank God. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. No, they always wanted mama. I can't, I couldn't make them. No, 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 you're supposed to want me. Our little granddaughter, Lucy. Our grandson, Milo, he's, he's younger now. But guess who Lucy's best friend is in the world? Yaya. Not Papa. Yaya, she loves Papa. Yaya's her buddy. I can't make her change that. I can't, I can't reason with her. And say, hey, here's $100. If you will love me as much as you love, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense what I'm saying? You can't, you can't make your kids love you. That's why, God, that's why God set it up this way. And I know the, all the questions about, well, why bad in this world? Why did God allow? Why did God, because of love. Because he gives us the choice of blessing or curse. His way your way. And as we're going to find out this whole summer, blessing is not always easy. Choosing the right friends, mates, spouses, business partners is not always easy. The blessed life is not always the easy life. Ask Paul, ask Peter, ask John, ask James. Get, 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 get your thoughts off of blessing equals easy. Blessing equals no worries. Blessing equals no pain. Blessing equals no challenges. That's false theology. Blessing transcends anything this world has to offer. And you can choose it or not. And today, today, as we start off this series, I pray that you would choose blessing today. That you would choose to receive it by the way in which you decide to live your life. Now, if you don't, that's your choice. But if you do, get ready. God's favor 
His peace, His love, His joy, His purpose will be yours. Lord, may your word um, wrap its arms around us like a blanket of blessing. And may we choose your way and may we choose your people, the right ones to encourage us, the word to guide us, to, 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 to restrict us, not because of you're trying to hide something or keep something from us, but because you know the way in which our lives are to be blessed. Help us to choose those ways so that our lives are full of blessing and peace, joy. May today be the day of choosing for our lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's Weekend Message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.